Welcome to Direct Line with Greg Taylor and Stephanie Spangler. Direct Line, religious topics without preaching. Mixing politics and religion and not shying away from controversy. You're not going to find all your answers, but you will always find an opinion. This is Direct Line. And now your hosts, Greg Taylor and Stephanie Spangler. Good morning. Welcome to Direct Line. And Stephanie, happy birthday. Do you want me to sing? Uh, you could sing. Happy birthday to us. The Direct Line. The direct Line. Two yeah. years ago, this week, we started Direct Line, and then the world crashed. Right. So, we uh, kept going. We did keep going. We did. We learned how to pre-record, right? and we are pre-recording. We are. It's actually Wednesday, mm-hmm. March 2nd, mm-hmm. as we record, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you're hearing this on Thursday, March 3rd. Happy birthday, Direct Line Dandel. Right. And we right. couldn't do it without our audience. We're thankful for the people that listen each and every week. And we've got a great show today. Our friends from the Bible Bistro podcast are back. Ryan Sarver, Brian Johnson from Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. Welcome, guys. Yeah, it's happy birthday. Thank yes, you. happy birthday. What a, what a privilege, what a privilege Is there cake? I would have brought well, the party yeah. poppers if I'd known. Yeah. Well, but there kind of was. I had shrimp pizza for the first time Let's today. Let's talk about shrimp pizza. We had a minister's lunch. We did. And Ryan and Brian, you came and recorded yeah. a couple episodes. Yes, we did. For yeah. your podcast. Yep. Yep. And then we ate lunch. Our friend Rick Clark provided from his family's pizzeria, right. shrimp pizza. Now, that's not somewhere around here. Somewhere no, up Tinley north. Park, Tinley Park, Illinois. Right. Yep. Yep. I've never had shrimp pizza. Yes. Do, does anybody serve shrimp pizza here in I don't know. Vermilion County? But I'm telling you right now, if you own a pizzeria in Vermilion County and Think you can figure it? out how to do it, yeah. I mean, I buy it all the time. It's, it's, it is out of this world. It had cocktail sauce It was kind of a cocktail, cocktail sauce. sauce. That, that was the yeah. interesting thing. You know, when you saw it, you're like, what? what is this going to be? Right. right. Then, right. Know, I mean, the cocktail the sauce was on the pizza it was like or the it was, sauce. you could dip it? No, it was, it was like the sauce. It was, it was a sauce. part of the pizza. Yeah. The, the, the tomato yeah. sauce. Is that what? Yeah. It'd be tomato sauce normally, right? Yeah. I'd say it was quite not. I would say it's not quite as strong as a normal right. kind of cocktail. But it had a tang been to it, right? It had right. a tang to it. Yeah. It had similar flavors. I yeah. didn't try it, but the three of you did try yeah. it, and you I are good. for it. You Super like good. it. I, I am for it. I'm team pro shrimp pizza. So this is how much I loved it. You know, I go to Chicago once a month for my Colson Fellows right. program, right. and I'm driving back on Saturday afternoons around 4 o'clock, and I usually want to get home because mm-hmm. Sunday's a big day in our lives. I'm stopping at Tinley Park and grabbing a really? shrimp pizza to go next oh, time. Wow. So you haven't stopped before. I never have. Because going I'm going up at like 6 a.m. They're right. not even open. Right. And usually on Saturday afternoon, you're when you're a preacher, yeah. you know, you're not usually doing late night Saturday nights. But, but I'm stopping. Pizza. I'm stopping. <laughs> nice. Yes. All right. Good stuff. All right. Well, hey, today is Ash Wednesday it as is. we're recording. Since we're talking about cake and yeah, food. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so Brian <laughs> is a guy I lean on for a lot of my <laughs> theological needs. Okay. And oh. before I go into Ash Wednesday, I want to say thank you to both of you for what you did on your podcast with uh, Advent this year. Oh, thank you. Um, very, very helpful for me personally. We kind of followed along um, yeah. with, what is it, love and peace and joy and hope. Is that right? Yeah, are those the that's four? exactly right. And loved so much what you did with Zephaniah. Thank you. Loved so much what you did with Malachi. I'd never yeah. thought of Malachi yeah. as, you know, a book that speaks about, I think it was love, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't that Malachi? Yeah. So thank you for doing that. But let's talk a little bit about Ash Wednesday. I got to okay. be honest with you. I never grew up being a part yeah, of an Ash Wednesday service. Um, I'd be the guy that you're in the gas station, and I'd say, "Dude, did, did you get you some dirt smudge. on your yeah. on your forehead?" Yeah. Yeah. Not, and not to so, make fun, it's no, it's, no, uh, not at all. It's a part, yeah. of, it's a part right. of the tradition of many many churches, and and I didn't grow up with this either. But I will say, and I don't necessarily always go to an Ash Wednesday service, but I I do tend to practice Lent now. Yeah, and and what Lent is is this: it's the season that that leads up to uh, Easter. It, right. It's it's really 
or Christians, the most important part of our calendars, the most important right. part of our year. And so it's a time, often we'll say time of reflection, right. uh, a time of preparation, you could say, for, right. for thinking about this very important thing that happened when, when Christ right. gave himself up for us and his death, burial, and resurrection. So, so yeah, Ash Wednesday, uh, and one of your questions was kind of why, why right. do we have some that don't practice right. it? Right. It's, it's interesting because, you know, of course, most people associate with certain groups. Like some people say, well, Roman Catholics, but yep. there are other groups as well that will, will practice Ash Wednesday. Uh, but it actually, I think, I think it probably goes back. We're, we're, funnily enough, we're reading a book that talks about this to a certain extent. That especially during the Protestant Reformation, uh-huh. so we're talking about the 1500s AD. You right. know, we're, Martin we're, Luther, right, right? Right. We're talking about a period of time where people began to think differently about the way that the church should be structured. For yeah. example, was one of the issues that they had. Um, there was a call back to to Scripture, back to the Bible, uh, and, and to, to to do this in terms of practice. And one of the things that this book makes the argument is that that it kind of uh, called for a leveling out of time. So so they would they would look at time in both a sacred their sacred time and then there's there's secular time if you will. There's time okay. where ordinary time is, mm-hmm. is what what you'd say. And and so basically the Protestant Reformation was really focused upon the idea well we can be, you know, Christians full Christians all the time, you know. Right. So there's so basically all times are the same and it's it calls for us to be, you know, living to 100% of our uh, ability all right, the time in right. terms of in terms of Christianity. Now, I don't think that that's what the calendar was about. And in fact, here's here's the thing. So some people say, oh, you know, Lent's not in the Bible. It's not, but it's been practiced a long period of time. Right. And the interesting thing for us is uh, there are a couple of celebrations connected to the life of Jesus that we celebrate every year. Yeah. Christmas is a is a special time of year. Right. Right. You mentioned Advent. Right. Right. Leading up to that, and then Easter. Yeah. Very important yep. time of the year, and we we remember, um, you know, that that part of Jesus' ministry, and so it's the same kind of thing. It's just a time leading up to that. Yeah. Yeah. So so you know, and again, there's different people can practice it in different ways. I would say, but what I, I do for my practice is I try to, I always call people to both give something up, and and when I when I talk about sacrificing something, what it reminds me of is that time. I, I try to make it something that. It means something to me, something that I'm going to I'm going to miss mm-hmm. because then every time I I fail to take part in that, it it reminds me of Christ's sacrifice. It kind of turns my mind toward the cross, if you yeah will. yeah. And, and so the other thing I always encourage people though is to also take something on, take yeah. a practice on, yeah. maybe do some extra reading or right. extra times of prayer or you know just just something else again in preparation for this. So that's so that's years ago um, at my wonderful church in Clinton that I love so much, yeah. we decided we're going to do an Ash Wednesday service right. And one of the longtime elders, he wasn't an elder anymore, love him, he's with Jesus now, but he was just incredulous. He was so angry at the idea that we were doing Ash Wednesday. And you have a reason why? Yeah, he, you're trying to be Catholic. Yeah. You're and trying that's... to be Catholic. I mean, really angry. And we talked through it, and he's a good man. We, we were able to figure it out. Well, the next year, we didn't call it Ash Wednesday. We called it a repentance service uh, entering into right. the season of Easter. And the same, per- it was one of the best things he'd ever been a part of. <laughs> and, and I think, I th- and I mean, you're right. It was really the same surface. Uh-huh. You know what I'm well, saying? A but lot, a lot of it is that, that kind of reaction. Yeah, it's yeah. that, it's that visceral reaction we have. Oh, I'm not, not associated right. with that group. Right. I'm different than that group. I, I can see the errors in that group. Yeah. So many things we can learn, I think, from, from these and, 
right. and different kinds of practices. Yeah. It's, you know, that's the way I would, I would focus on I think so. it's good stuff, definitely. Yeah. Hey, Steph and I had a conversation last week about a basketball game, Big Ten basketball game, that ended in a, um, a brawl. I don't know if you oh, know this or not. Yeah. It was oh, yeah. the Michigan yeah. and the Wisconsin game. Yeah. And, again, I don't want to relive all of it, but the Michigan coach ended up slugging one of the Wisconsin assistants, and he's been suspended for the rest of the regular yeah. season. And players, and the tournament, right, or not? What's that? I thought the tournament, No, no, no just okay. the regular okay. season, five games, and then a couple players got one-game suspensions. But one of the things that's been stunning, and I heard it again at the Illinois game on Sunday, is the takeaway that many people are having is – the, the mistake in all of it was that they had a post-game handshake line. Oh, and if yeah. they just wouldn't have had <laughs> yeah. the handshakes, you wouldn't have had the brawl. And oh, uh, I thought about that for a week. And have I you think, changed your position? Oh, not at all. No? Okay. There's kind of a sick reasoning to it. I <laughs> what guess. is wrong with our yeah. culture that yeah. the takeaway from the brawl is let's don't shake hands anymore? Right. I just think that's absolutely crazy. So any thoughts on that? Should we shake hands after sporting events? Or well, should we I, just well, go I, our own way? Well, I mean, I think it's... Do you think the brawl really happened because they were shaking hands? Like, is well, that's what they're saying. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's kind of going. The brawl didn't. Pre- no, right. it happened because people can't control themselves. Right, and exactly. because you know, two adults that are supposed to be shaping young men, right. you know, got upset over somebody's pressing and someone calls a timeout and all, all that. Right. Yeah. The the bigger issue to me is if all it is, let's just separate people. Are we really developing yeah. sportsmanship? Are we really developing young men? And, so, and there's been coaches that have talked about that. Right, like, right. You know, like we've already, and I, this isn't to be uh, against someone, but like we've kind of coddled some people into things like, well, oh, well, that's going to be too hard for you, so don't do it. Right, don't, right. We're not going to do this because that's too hard for you. And like kind of going, if we keep making these accommodations, no one's yeah. going to be able to talk to anybody or do anything with anyone right. at mm-hmm. some right. point. Mm-hmm. I just think at the end of the day, that's one of the lessons I learned in athletics. Were there times I didn't want to shake other people's yeah. hands? You better believe it. And I knew that if I did something like that, my days were over. You know, it, that, that was that simple. My, my coach would have never tolerated that. So I just found that interesting. Yeah, well, not not to go down this this whole thing, but I've got a friend who's a high school uh, referee God in, bless him. in Indiana. <laughs> I know. And he's saying it's getting hard. Yeah. Like he said, I could ref every night of the week yep. because yep. – there's so many people. Nobody's not, doing it. Not doing it because yep. because yep. And it's a lot of it's the parents. I know. It's, well, no, I think most mm-hmm. of it is. Is the parents? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the, the the athletes and the coaches are a challenge. I think some parents are just yeah. well, he, out of control. He, he's some of the stories he's told me are harrowing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and to think you're doing this for thirty five dollars, right? Forty five dollars. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a special person. Yeah. So, Brian, have you taken your license uh, test I have not. to become not. a basketball official? No, I Ryan? Not, I would not be good. <laughs> no, I uh, umpired T-ball when oh, I wow. was in high school. Yeah. And that was enough of an experience yeah. with parents Got to watch those. Uh, I had to threaten to throw people out uh, in T-ball. With I, might crazy. I might consider volleyball because you can stand still. Yeah. <laughs> So it's not about the... Steph, have you ever officiated anything? <laughs> I haven't, but my father was an official. Wow. And, um, now, your dad was a vet. I bet he didn't take a lot. Oh, he was very quiet. Really? But, okay. but my mother would sit in the stands, and yeah. all these people would be bad-mouthing him. <gasps> and then he would come up to her and say, can I have money for a Coke? And they'd get really quiet. <laughs> <laughs> They're thinking through move. all the stuff that uh-huh. they've said. Yeah. Uh-huh. But my yeah. dad was as cool as a cucumber. Oh, that's well, you'd, ha- you'd yeah. have to be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You'd have to be. Well, God bless the men yeah. and women. That for forty five dollars a night. And for goodness sake, shake hands. I mean, yeah. we're going to shake hands after this. Yeah. Yeah. This could be a Are very we? bad experience, right. no, but we're going to shake hands when it's Steph, over. Steph, we'll see how it goes. Let's quite wait. Let's wait to see when. when, 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 when I'm right. right. we'll we'll my defenses up when I <laughs> shake your hand. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
Hey, let's go to break. When we come back, I want to pick Ryan and Brian's brains about a couple <laughs> recent episodes that I loved. Um, one was with an area state professor, cool. Ryan Burge. And then I also want to talk a little bit about your episode with Chad Ragsdale. I've known okay. Chad Ragsdale a long time. Yeah, I think he's the dean now at Ozark, Ozark Christian, Christian College. College yeah. But um, I, learned some, I learned something I couldn't believe, and I want to pick your brain about that. You're listening to Direct Line. We'll be right back after this. You know, it's easy to make promises. The hard thing is keeping them. Sunset promises to carry your load at a most difficult time. To the communities they serve, they promise to be there for your children, your churches, and your organizations. Sunset promises to help our veterans. They will support them with the same level of commitment these veterans had as soldiers defending our freedom. I'm Judy Fraser, and if you're looking for a family that keeps their promises, I would suggest you make just one phone call. Sunset Funeral Homes and Cremation Centers. Robinson Chiropractic wants you to know that you're never too young or old to benefit from chiropractic care. Robinson Chiropractic can help increase your mobility and range of motion. Plus, regular alignments just make you feel better. Come get acquainted today. Robinson Chiropractic is located at the corner of Vermillion and Poland Road in Danville, also in Hoopston, Westville, and Watsika. Make an appointment today at robchiro.com. That's R-O-B-C-H-I-R-O.com. Looking for a job that offers flexible hours, competitive pay, 401k options, and a few extra perks? This is Deanna Witzel from the Witzel Family McDonald's, and we are hiring. This is Rob Witzel, area supervisor. We are hiring managers, custodians, and crew members at all locations in Covington, Danville, Oakwood, Hoopston, and Georgetown. Hourly pay for custodians and crew members is up to $13 an hour, and manager pay is up to $17 an hour. Just fill out the online application today at mchire.com or stop by any of our locations. Lakewood Insurance Agency can fulfill your farm and business insurance needs. As a result of our expertise in the insurance industry, we carefully examine your current coverages and recommend options best for your operation. Whether we insure you domestically or directly with Lloyds of London, Lakewood has the experience to provide the best insurance for you. Service is most important in our agency. Bill and Mary Lou Knight and Justin Silver have your best interests at heart. Find Lakewood Insurance Agency on Facebook or call 217-260-5647. You're listening to Direct Line on 1490 WDAN. Well, welcome back to Direct Line on our second year anniversary. Yes. Happy birthday to Happy us. Happy birthday. Yeah. Direct to our Line. listeners out there, thanks yes. for sticking with us. And, you know, we hope we just get more listeners well as said. we go on. Hey, we're glad to have with us uh, Ryan Sarver. Yes. Got right? it. Yeah. And Brian something. Johnson. Brian Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> You could just say Ryan and Brian's Ryan Bible and Brian Bistro. from Bible Bistro. So yes. we're glad that you guys are here with us. Now, we just were talking about Lent, and I want you to oh. share um, off air. We were talking about you gave up. Uh, one year you gave up past. TV, except yeah. for basketball. Except for, except for the MCAA yeah. tournament. tournament. Yeah. And yeah. one year you gave up coffee, coffee. and your wife said never, never again. Right, right. But t- let's talk about this beer thing. <laughs> Well, to Greg's be fair, brought I brought it up. up okay? Greg brought up the beer thing. So here's the story. There's a guy, and I want to say it was six years ago, and he gave up everything for Lent except he drank a beer for breakfast, a beer for lunch, a beer for supper, and a beer before Isn't bed. Isn't that backwards? Usually people give up alcohol. Well, right. Right. I mean, right. But this guy, that's what he did. Well, and he did it, and he lost, like, I'm going to say, like, 29 pounds, <laughs> okay. and his blood sugar improved. I mean, it was one of I those. I need to work on my blood Well, sugar. don't do that, okay? I don't okay. want you to do that. <laughs> All right. But um, Brian told yeah. us why he probably well, did it. The, the interesting thing, I was just saying that, that uh, well, first of all, I'll say anytime you give something up, you learn something. But, right. But the, the, the Trappist monks used yeah. that's why they started brewing this this ale is they right. would make this really heavy yeah. uh, ale that would would sustain them and they would be on a liquid diet you know for, and that's all they would consume and that's all they would consume wow. for the for this period and I never so, knew that yeah so it's godly 
Uh, well, <laughs> is that what you're trying I to say? What I'm saying? Eat your beer. I want to be clear on the second anniversary of Direct Line. We are not endorsing that. That's right. We are not practicing that. That's we are right. not recommending that. That's right. But I yes. do find that fascinating. Yeah, just the history of it. It's, yeah. it's because I think I read one time that John Calvin. You know, uh, who's one of sure, the reformers, sure. mm-hmm. that he was paid a year, I want to say $500 and 500 gallons of beer. Wow, or something no, like no that. Question. And he would host um, gatherings and, you, you, you know, know I was a et minister, cetera. And, even more recent than that, I was a minister in uh, a small town in Kentucky when I was right, just, yeah. just first out of school. Yeah. And uh, they had hanging on the back on the back wall kind of the founding of the of the, the church, the congregation right. that had right. been in this, in this um, uh, magazine. And so as I was reading down through it, you know, and then this was from you know, 150 years ago or whatever, yeah. it had the, the minister's pay, and it was something like six chickens, wow. uh, a pig a year. Wow. And, and, and one of the things was six quarts of whiskey. Uh, wow. That's one of the things yes. that was well, that was now, quite a church. Now, I, wow. I think it was. Wow. I, I think it was probably in that period, kind of used medicinally or whatever. Right. 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 You know, right. I, I just always thought that was interesting. interesting. I was on the back wall yeah. of, yeah. the, of the congregation. Well, hey, I want to pick your brain on a couple of recent episodes. I loved what you did last year with Ryan Burge's book, The Nuns, N O N E S. But he's got a new book out about myths. I learned a ton listening to your podcast about myths. Tell about Ryan, and then talk. Let's talk about just a couple of the myths that he exposes. Yeah. So we talk with Ryan Birch. He's a statistician. Is that how we... Uh, I think it's social science. Social science. But uh, he looks at a lot of statistics and surveys that are taken, yeah. and he's come out with a new book called 20 Myths About Religion and Politics in yeah. America. Yeah. And so it is just that. He's trying to take on 20 different myths. And each chapter is its own myth, so he's yeah. made it so you could just pick it up and read it. He calls yeah. it like a coffee table book. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we asked him, like, why did you pick these myths? And he's like, well, these are just questions like, I got tired of hearing these things on social media, like these really popular myths. And so we chatted with him about some of those and uh, what surprised him about some of the the information that he saw and that uh, he came came to us with. And so one of the things that he thought was the most interesting for him is that um, the myth is that pastors often discuss politics from the pulpit. Right. Hmm. He's right. saying it doesn't happen. The overwhelming majority never do, is they, what he says, right? He says they never do, hmm. and that if there's any push for politics, it's coming from the pew, the person right. sitting next to you. Right. And it's in the it's yeah. in the foyer, it's yeah. in before the service. And so uh, he's just like, you know, that's a myth that everybody thinks that on both sides sometimes, right. like, oh right. man, they're just they're in their pulpit and they're pushing all these political ideas. Right. Mm-hmm. And not only do the pastors not talk about it, yeah. most of the congregants don't want them to right, talk about right, it at the right. same time. Like, it would not be well-received yeah. uh, a lot of times if they really jumped into it, which was really interesting to him, and, and I would say to us as well. Mm-hmm. The myth I found fascinating was that when students go to university, they lose their faith. Yeah. And I, I loved what he had to say about that. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so that was when I he gave us an advanced copy of it, and I read that, and I was like, that's a myth for me. Right, like, right. I think mm-hmm. that students go out into even a secular college. There was no, like, distinction between, like, a religious school or a secular college it says when students go to college that i thought they would their yeah. faith is going to be tested and a lot of times they're going to lose their faith but it shows that a high school student or students that grow up in the church if they go to college they're more likely to keep their faith right. post-college than right. those who go to church through their high school years and then never go to college like wow. there's actual an increase statistically, yeah. statistically an increase and so and what his thing was and this is kind of goes back to the politicking from the pulpit is it has less to do 
what he, what he's showing is it has less to do with the professors yeah. and more to do with the social environment yeah. that the students are in. The roommate right. has more influence on worldview. I totally worldview. see that. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you're, you know, just think about the number of hours you're with someone. Right. Right. Interesting thing, you said that, that that jumped out at you, and Ryan said that jumped out to him, and, and Ryan Burge was sharing that that's really the one that's kind of popped as he's yeah. had these advanced yeah. copies out. Yeah. Everybody's interested. The yeah. Wall Street Journal even chose that yeah. to, to excerpt in the That's Wall Street amazing, Journal. That's amazing, by yeah, the way, really to think is. about it. Yeah. So, yeah. And he's a professor in this area? SIU. Like, yeah. Wow, man, yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, and so you grew up with him? Or I grew right? up with him. So he was a year younger than me. We grew up in uh, Southern Illinois, Salem, Illinois. And yeah. so I knew Ryan. We were a pretty big high school. It was a community yeah. high school. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so for hometown, hometown yeah. guy. But it was really interesting. You know, he talked about a little bit. Uh, with students that go to college, this inoculation effect of yeah. like students yeah. that get exposed to something a little bit earlier, like it makes them resistant to yeah. the, the yeah. push on them. And that kind of goes to another episode we we're going to talk about with Chad Ragsdale. Yes. It's kind of going like, how are we preparing our students? Right. You know, right. Are, we are we preparing them with an apologetic to, to defend their faith from right. yesteryear? Right. Or are we preparing them for apologetic today yeah. to the world that they're entering into? So here was the revelation for me in your apologetics episode, okay? okay. Um, I've been in ministry and, frankly, around ministry really all of my life, okay? And I have always felt like... I am not the apologist that I should be, but that there is this constant call to know your faith and be able to right. defend your faith. And I think I'm better at 52 than I was at 22. But one of the things you guys yeah. talk through is that there's actually some within Christianity yeah. that would really push back against apologetics in general. Maybe, is that maybe, right? Do we need to define apologetics? Yeah, why don't first you do that? So Absolutely. Ap yeah. Apologetics comes from, from this. There's a Greek word, apologia. It's where we get our word apology. Yeah. And, and it, it's the idea of a defense. Yeah. It, it comes from, it's actually in the, mentioned in First Peter where, where he talks about yeah. always be prepared to give an answer right. to everyone who asks you the reasons for the faith you have within you. Hope you have within you. And so that idea of a defense of the faith is 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 where it is, and it's it's been for a long time this kind of branch of theology. Yeah, apologetics is defending the faith against questions that the skeptics might ask, or yeah. people from a different faith group might ask. Uh, and so, yeah, you're, what you're saying is that that there has been in more recent times some who are questioning whether apologetics has any value at all. Right, and it kind of comes from a couple of different places, and and really, I think. Uh, on the episode where we interviewed Chad Ragsdale, and apologetics yeah. is his area, where yeah. he's very interested. Yeah. I think he, he gave us a good reason for that. One of the reasons he said is how apologetics is done. Okay. That one of the things that is that is leveled against it is it's kind of a, and I'm going to use this kind of term, modernist enterprise. Right. So right. We, we're li we're kind of past this modernist age. We, you know, you may have heard the term postmodern. Right. Right. You know, people people tend to have you know different views of truth or. Right. You know, th different I ideas. We we create truth and this kind of thing, and so some people will see that as really a modernist enterprise. The idea of asking okay. certain questions and trying to defend them as though there is a a central truth. Okay. Now, you know, I think he he did a good job of saying a lot of that comes down to people trying to you know come up with answers to the questions. He says. He right. says that we're coming up with answers to questions nobody's asking anymore. Right, 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 right. And so really what, what he says a lot of apologetics is today is doing what we used to call kind of pre-apologetics, okay. where you're you're trying to get people to a, to a place where they're thinking about their assumptions and their worldview, yeah. uh, more of a philosophical rather yeah. than yeah. You know, looking for some kind of an, a, a definitive answer. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, and, and frankly, he said, you know, sometimes apologists just kind of come off as jerks. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, that kind of an idea. Then the other idea just that goes along with that is, do we need to defend our faith, or is right. it simply a matter of we we allow it to speak for itself?
itself within yep. the within the marketplace of ideas, yep. so to speak, and yep. and it's just one worldview among many, or one way mm. of seeing reality among many. And so, so there are you know there are uh, seminaries that have eliminated it from the curriculum. Right. You don't see it called that nearly it's as just much crazy as you used to. Wow. Yeah, I know. And I did and, not realize that. Yeah, and, and you know his point is a lot of times as as kind of young in our faith, people become very interested in in, in those kind of questions. But yeah. but he says really, if we look at apolog- apologetics more broadly, it's it's being able to answer questions well, the kind of questions yeah. that people are actually asking. Yeah. So he talked about the importance of listening, and um, yeah. that's where I think the Ryan Burge episode and, and his really came together. Chad's episode really came together. They really they emphasized great. the importance of listening and entering yeah. into good dialogue rather than kind of just a one-sided, you know. Um, yeah, instead of having an answer of just like, where were the dinosaurs? Right, <laughs> you right, know? right. Like, how, do you know your faith enough? Besides right. just having an answer for that right. question, if they're... Right whatever that is, but kind of going, how do you answer other questions about faith? Like, because he, I mean, that was his thing is like, we're answering old apologetic questions. We're answering, he would say like, people aren't asking questions necessarily like a Charles Dawkins about evolution. Like the, the, okay. the society is kind of moving. Shifted. Not that, not some people don't care about those questions, right, but right. in this postmodern context, it's, it's moving in a different direction. And do we have an answer okay. for that? Uh, so Acts 17, Paul goes to Athens. Yeah. Um, was that an apologetics defense or not? In a way, well, I mean, he, got, if, if we're using Chad's definition, he would say yes. Okay, okay. Uh, he would say that it would it would be he was because he he two two big points he made. Well, the mm-hmm. first big point he makes apologetics all apologetics is contextual. He right, would say right, mm-hmm. and that's what Paul does there. If you think about the Areopagus, all the yeah, idols, he, yeah, he, he yeah. goes into their context and he acts in a different way. If you look yeah. at just where he had been previously in, in a different kind of an area when he gets to Athens. He responds to them in a different kind of way. Yeah, and yeah. so so I think you know according to Chad's definition of apologetics, absolutely that's okay. that's what that would be. That's great. Hey, let's go to break. Time is flying by. You're listening to Direct Line with Greg and Steph on our birthday, the Direct Line birthday. Thank you, Ryan and Brian, for being with us. We'll be right back after this. You want to be confident that your investments are working for you. Wouldn't it be nice to know that you don't have to go far for the guidance to help make that happen? Dean Crandall works right here in Danville at Morgan Stanley's local office. As your financial advisor, Dean can help create a wealth plan and help you manage your investments. And he can help you work towards a comfortable retirement, too. To make an appointment with Dean Crandall, call 217-477-0025. Morgan Stanley Smith Marty, LLC. Member SIPC. Hi, I'm Linda Darby, and I'm part of the third generation of Darbys to own Sunset Funeral Home in Memorial Park. Since the 1960s, our family has been proud to serve Vermilion County by providing unmatched dedication and personalized service to families. And I'm Ross Darby. I'm part of the fourth generation in our family business. I want to introduce you to Hall of Fame plaques and signs. We promise to provide you with the same level of service at our sign shop that you've grown accustomed to at our funeral homes and cemetery. With a name like Hall of Fame, it's going to be great. Robinson Chiropractic wants you to know that you're never too young or old to benefit from chiropractic care. Robinson Chiropractic can help increase your mobility and range of motion. Plus, regular alignments just make you feel better. Come get acquainted today. Robinson Chiropractic is located at the corner of Vermillion and Poland Road in Danville, also in Hoopston, Westville, and Watsika. Make an appointment today at robchiro.com. That's R-O-B-C-H-I-R-O dot com. 
Hans Tankwash is thankful for the impact of Women's Care Clinic in Danville. Here now from Executive Director Bethany Hager. For almost 30 years, Women's Care Clinic has provided free services to local women and men making pregnancy decisions. We offer pregnancy testing, ultrasound scanning, parenting education, group support, and assistance with all the items parents need to welcome home baby. Thank you, Vermillion County, for all your support. Find us at danvillewcc.org or call 217-431-0987. You're listening to Direct Line on 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Direct Line. It's Stephanie and Greg with Brian and Ryan. I like that. I was at this meeting we were at earlier at lunch. I, somebody said, who are those guys? I said, well, that's Ryan. And I can't remember the other guy. And then you, Greg said, that's Brian. I, I should have been able to know yeah. Ryan and Brian. Rhymes. I like it. Rhymes. It. I yep. should have done that. Yeah. But we're yep. glad that you're here with us today yeah, from Ryan and the Bible. Ryan's. Brian and Brian. Brian. Ryan and Brian's Bible, Bible Bistro. Bistro yeah, guys. there you go. And so, Ryan married podcast. a girl from the area. I did. Catlin. Catlin, Illinois. That's right. Yeah, so. I love spending time in Catlin. What do you stuff? do? I, I hang out with my friend Chris Lawler. Okay, there you go. At the Catlin Church I was going to say, there's yeah. no place to eat unless you're going to Casey's. Yeah, I, you know, is there a place to eat or not? Not really. No, no. no. Just the Casey's. Huh? Pizza okay. place closed. Okay. It's just right. Casey's now. All done. Wow. Well, guys, I have a real deep question okay. for you. I want you to tackle this in the 10 minutes or so that we have. Are we in the last days? Well, with yes. what's happening in Russia, <laughs> in Ukraine, are we in yeah. the last I've days? I've seriously had people ask me, Brian. Yeah, I have too. You know, and- Russia's... Yeah. Invaded Ukraine. Is that the book The book of Revelation? Not Revelations, right. but Revelation coming alive. I had that question Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you understand it. You know, it's kind of funny. And, and I mean, it, it feels like we're back in the 80s right. in right. some ways. Right. Right. It's, right. it's like I remember growing up and having the, the drills yes. and, yeah. and all this kind of yep. stuff. It's, it's an yep. interesting thing. So, yeah, the answer the way you asked the question <laughs> is absolutely yes. We are in the last days. Now, here's what most people don't realize is the way I understand the book of Revelation, the way I understand Jesus' statements about the end of the world and, and different things, uh, the way I understand is we've been in the last days for a long time. Right. It's uh, not would, anything new. I don't think so. I think it is what, what we're describing when Paul talks about, you know, it is it is the last time. First John says it is the last hour. John says in that book, it is the last hour. I think what they're describing is that we are in this ultimate stage in God's plan of redemption, God's plan of redeeming his His creation, of redeeming us because of what Jesus has accomplished on the cross. Uh-huh. That was the, the decisive, victorious act in what God is doing to redeem his creation. Now, I said ultimate. I, I Technically, I should say penultimate because we do believe that Christ will return. Right. And right. so a lot of times when people are asking that question, they're asking, do you think Jesus is going to come back soon? Or do you think the world's going to end soon? Right. right. And a usual way, I, you know, I, I tend to be a little bit of a smart aleck, Stephanie, as you, you probably can tell. But <laughs> I, I'm sure she loves that. Right? <laughs> right? I like smart aleck. Right. So. Yeah. right. Well, yeah. Smarky, but, yeah. but the way I usually answer this, well, every day we're, a little, we're one day closer right. than right. we were right. yesterday. Right. And, and right. So, so I think the New Testament teaches us, the, the, the scriptures teach us, that we need to be in a sense of always being prepared for the return of Christ. Right. But Jesus also warns his disciples through some of the stories that he tells. You remember the story of the wise and the foolish yes. bridesmaids yes. or the, the wise and foolish virgins? Yeah. yeah. We need to always be ready to wait. You know, we, we, we need uh, the, the story of the parables, the, 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 I'm sorry, the parable of the talents. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. the master went away on a long journey right. and, mm-hmm. and put his Five servants talents, in trust. Right. And right. so, so his warning there is be ready for Christ's return because it can right. happen anytime. He describes it, Jesus describes it, Paul describes it, Peter describes it as a thief in the night. Yeah. Thief doesn't announce when he's coming, yeah. right? And yeah. so at any time Christ could return. Yeah. So we live in a way, but we also live in a way that we are 
um, you know, can continue to be faithful and we're, we're continuing to do that. So are these kind of things, I think they're signs of this period of conflict that we're in. We're from, from the time that Christ returned or from the, I should say came the first time till he returns is going to be a time of conflict, but it's a time where we as Christians are called to be faithful witnesses to, yeah. the, to the world around us. So specifically okay. with Ukraine and Russia, sure. what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? You, I think you it, preach on Sundays. I preach sure. on Sundays. You lead a worship service every Sunday. You're connected week in, week out. What, what do we do with this? I think what we do is we're called to be faithful witnesses, what I said. We actually talked about this in a podcast mm-hmm. we, we recorded today. I think it, it, it really depends on our context. If you're a Ukrainian Christian, I, I've been really encouraged by some of the videos and things that I've yeah. seen. You know, people singing in 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 fallout shelters yeah. and you know sing sing praises. You continue to to give praise to God. You continue to place your trust in Him that yeah. He's the one who 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 holds uh, the future. Right. I think that we as Christians in this culture in this context, we try to live in a way that points toward Christ. We we want to uh, encourage people to to recognize that that Christianity is the way that, that you know that God ordered the ordered the creation and and calls us into. And so I think we're faithful witnesses here. I think as preachers, you mentioned specifically, I think, you know, what I, I'll tell you what I said Sunday, this last Sunday, I said, there's a lot of you who are talking about the political aspect mm-hmm. of this. And I said, there's important political things here. Don't get me wrong, but you have plenty of voices telling you this. Right. Here's my job. Right. I said, my voice is to remind you that this is a human conflict as well. This is yeah. a human tragedy right. that there are children. And at that time, I said there are children who are going to be displaced from their homes today. Right. That there are churches. Christianity has been in, in Ukraine since the first century. Yeah. That there are churches that have been there for almost 2,000 I mean, years. Wrap your brain around what you just said. Right. Since the first century. Exactly. And and so there are Christians who are meeting in places that they have been meeting for nearly 2,000 yeah. years. Yeah. And, and that's that's the faithful that's yeah. what it is to be a Christian in that context. Wow. We need to remember the human uh, aspect of this, that there are people who are losing their lives. There are yeah. people who are defending their homes. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing. I heard, I heard someone else compare it to something C.S. Lewis said uh, about, about patriotism. And, 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 you know, we, I think you're going to maybe even want us to talk about this to a certain extent. But, but um, you know, Lewis talks about the fact that we love our, our homes. Right. Right. And he uses he he starts he talks about self love he talks yeah. about the love of family yeah. but then he talks about the love of our homes including our homeland yeah and and he says that's that's a, you know positive thing there there are things that we it, it feels right it feels yeah. it feels at home yeah he says but then it doesn't take too far for us to think that other people are going to feel the same way about their homes right right and, and so if you think about what would we be feeling right if if there was an invasion of our home, right? If someone came into our home, we right? would say, "That's not the yeah. way it ought to be." Yeah. Now, Ryan, you've been to Ukraine. I have. Talk yeah. about that. It was a wild experience. So I was back there in 2005. I was part of, with a church. We were visiting there and um, ministering to a congregation that was there. It was an old uh, communist school, and they'd built a, wow. the sanctuary between the four wings of the school there together. And uh, we got to worship with them on a couple Sundays and different times. And wow. it was interesting to see the faith of these people. Uh, there, The pastor there was Ukrainian, and he had a whole gaggle of children at home yeah, um, yeah but they wanted to minister to there was a lot of homeless kids that were there you know there's the social services were not a thing there to take care of right. kids that didn't have parents or parents that you know weren't taking care of their children and they had one van this pastor had a van 
that yeah. he carried his children around in, and he sold his only vehicle, so he had money, so they could put a computer and they could do programs for these kids that were homeless. And, you know, that's humbling for me. I'm a 23-year-old right. at that point, right. thinking about, you know, my computers and my stuff at home, yeah. and I just bought a house, and, like, am I willing to sacrifice my yeah. um, my possessions for ministry? And yeah. so, like, seeing how tangible the faith was there yeah. uh, for this congregation and what it meant for them to live out kingdom life there. So it was, uh, you know, is a place that was coming out of the Soviet era, and the apartments were very much, there, there was nothing fancy there i mean it was it was it was a hard place to live yeah um and but you know they were living out the kingdom so as you've watched these news reports i mean that's real for you 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 were there yeah it, yeah it's real i mean i was in kiev i've been and in, in other places we went to an orphanage that had a lot of children that had deformities that we think was from they think yeah. was from chernobyl and yeah. so it's just like they're real people there mm -hmm. living real lives yeah. and it's you yeah. know you think about just what they've been through and you understand why they're fighting, you know, like the, yeah. you, you get this sense mm -hmm. of what they've been through, what they've lived through and why they want to keep what, yeah. you know, what they have. And just, um, and again, I, w I was blown away by the faith of the community. So ignorant American question. Now, I don't know if you guys know the answer. When did it stop being Kiev and start being Kiev? Do you have any idea? I think Kiev, just from what I understand is Kiev is the Russian Okay. Is the okay. Russian way, and, okay. and then okay. Kiev is okay. Ukrainian, and Ukrainian oh, they have a little okay. their their dialects are a little different there. Okay. 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 Well, I know Sunday we had a special prayer time, and our friend Daryl talked, and um, I just one of the things I mentioned, I said I'm praying for people in Ukraine, and I said I'm praying for Putin, and I'm praying that his heart will soften. I said I'm ultimately praying they'll become a follower of Jesus, and I have multiple people grab me afterwards, and one said, you know, I never thought. To pray for Putin, Putin. you know, mm. and isn't that crazy? I mean, obviously he's a bad guy. I mean, there's no doubt about right. that. But it, yeah, you know, it's, it's, I, it, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we we just did. Uh, we read through some of Revelation. Yeah, and you see some of the judgments that are poured out, but it all comes back to they yeah. would not repent. Like right. repentance is right. God's right. goal. Like yeah. we we look for justice or vengeance, right? That's, yeah. that's what we yeah. want. Yeah. And God but, wants yeah. repentance. But God wants mm. all people's hearts to yeah. turn toward Him. And you know, I think. Yeah, we tackled Obadiah Sunday. Obadiah yeah. is about national pride, unhealthy yeah. national pride. But in it, there's this call to change, you yeah. know, move from pride to humility. Change your heart. They never yeah. did. You know, they had their mountaintop uh, fortress that they thought was going to see them through. And uh, I'll tell you, for a small book, shortest book in the Old Testament, there's a lot in there that I think connects to, to us today. So, well, hey, let's go to a break. When we come back, Steph, I need a Wordle update from you. You and my wife, Marla, both were really stumped by a word mm -hmm. this week. Yep. And I told her we have some of that in our house. <laughs> and she's like, oh, what gosh. are you talking about? So <laughs> I can't wait to hear that story. You're listening to Direct Line on our birthday. We'll be right back after this. You want to be confident that your investments are working for you. Wouldn't it be nice to know that you don't have to go far for the guidance to help make that happen? Dean Crandall works right here in Danville at Morgan Stanley's local office. As your financial advisor, Dean can help create a wealth plan and help you manage your investments. And he can help you work towards a comfortable retirement too. To make an appointment with Dean Crandall, call 217-477-0025. Morgan Stanley Smith Marty LLC. Member SIPC. Looking for a job that offers flexible hours, competitive pay, 401k options, and a few extra perks? This is Deanna Witzel from the Witzel Family McDonald's, and we are hiring. 
This is Rob Witzel, Area Supervisor. We are hiring managers, custodians, and crew members at all locations in Covington, Danville, Oakwood, Hoopston, and Georgetown. Hourly pay for custodians and crew members is up to $13 an hour, and manager pay is up to $17 an hour. Just fill out the online application today at mchire.com or stop by any of our locations. Lakewood Insurance Agency can fulfill your farm and business insurance needs. As a result of our expertise in the insurance industry, we carefully examine your current coverages and recommend options best for your operation. Whether we insure you domestically or directly with Lloyd's of London, Lakewood has the experience to provide the best insurance for you. Service is most important in our agency. Bill and Mary Lou Knight and Justin Silver have your best interests at heart. Find Lakewood Insurance Agency on Facebook or call 217-260-5647. Hans Tankwash is thankful for the impact of Women's Care Clinic in Danville. Here now from Executive Director Bethany Hager. For almost 30 years, Women's Care Clinic has provided free services to local women and men making pregnancy decisions. We offer pregnancy testing, ultrasound scanning, parenting education, group support, and assistance with all the items parents need to welcome home baby. Thank you, Vermillion County, for all your support. Find us at danvillewcc.org or call 217-431-0987. You're listening to Direct Line on 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Direct Line. It is Thursday, March 3rd, and it's Greg and Stephanie, Ryan and Brian from Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro have been with us all morning long. They're going to stick with us for our final segment. March 3rd means tomorrow is Mike Colvey's March 4th. That's moment, right. right. And it's his birthday. It's his yes. birthday. Yes. So, so happy, happy birthday, birthday Mike Colvey. Mike. That's right. Yes, yes. We always look forward to That's right. Good That's right. The good news. That's right. Mike Colvey is kind of the big dog at Newhoff Media who makes this possible. Um, maybe the most optimistic person I, I know. Think Seriously. He might be. Yeah. He's born yeah. on the, he's born on the um, most progressive day of the year. Yeah, March 4th. That's right. That's right. <laughs> March 4th. That's exactly right. That's my kid's anniversary. Wow. Congratulations. And there was a Bible reason for that is that right it's a bible verse something three four I think right it was ecclesiastes three four. there you go so they had okay. a verse that they liked yeah. And they, so, yeah. yeah anyway okay well hey no, we couldn't do track. direct line without our sponsors right. and one of the things i love about our sponsors is they have been with us from the very beginning five of the six the whole time right. bean and hans Tankwash right. came in shortly thereafter i'm so thankful for their commitment and their longevity who are we saying thank you to well we're thankful for bill and mary lou knight with lakewood insurance dean and gina crandall with morgan stanley chris and Daisha robinson with robinson chiropractic the team at hans tank wash the darby family with sunset funeral home and don indiana witzel with mcdonald's you're good people Absolutely. and we're so thankful for them. yeah so ryan you're not a wordle guy i'm not i we just need to change that really <laughs> i don't feel like it needs to be a thing but oh, brian okay. is a wordle guy <laughs> I am. I am. You know. and stephanie's a am wordle I done gal now? am i done i'm done and so, just get out. November, we will not shake hands after this episode november 1st 90 people played wordle worldwide Last week, 3 million people played Wordle worldwide. But the New York Times has bought it, and the question was asked, will it remain free? And they said, for now. That was their answer. And the words got... I think harder. They have gotten. I still think it's a little bit of a ripoff that they use two letters in the same word without letting you know. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. And, so, well, and last week there was one trickier. where there were two, right, right, two letters right, that right, were used right, twice. Right. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. So, rupee was the word uh, uh, maybe Tuesday, Monday? Two days ago, I thought. It seems like you should say it. I think it's rupee, isn't that right? R-U-P-E-E. And so you were stumped by it. You didn't know what it was, Stephanie. My wife was stumped. And I said, Marla, we have some of it (laughs) in our house. And then she had to look it up. And it's actually currency (laughs) is what it is. So Indian, 
Pakistan currency. But um, Ryan, we got to get you on the bandwagon, buddy. I think it's a healthy. We got to get you to give it a I shot. I think it's a healthy addiction. It's good for the brain. It's good for the brain. It's only one a day. That's and right. The whole world is doing the same thing. It's yeah. a unifying it's nice. thing. Is this peer pressure? This is kind of getting violent in here. Yeah, like she's getting real <laughs> intense over here. I don't know what to do with this. That's what I love about Stephanie. You've never been around an intense woman. That's right. <laughs> oh my. Give me. Hey, so um, we do a history segment every week, and I, I'm only going to do one this week. But um, this week in 1938, German pastor Martin Niemöller was sentenced to seven months in prison. He ended up in a concentration camp. He, of course, is famous for that quote, you know, first they came for the communists, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a communist. And then, and you know, the list goes on. And then at the end he says, um, then they came for me. And there was no one left to speak up for me. I saw it for the first time on a plaque in Boston, Massachusetts at the Holocaust uh, Remembrance Site. But um, I had the opportunity a couple of years ago to interview a professor by the name of Matthew Hockness who wrote a book, Then They Came for Me, Martin Niemuller, The Pastor Who Defied the Nazis. And so Niemuller, I would say, he survived, unlike Diedrich Bonhoeffer, and he, I think Niemuller lived until his 80s or something along those lines, and he became a real voice for peace, anti-war, right. and traveled the world. But the fascinating thing about him is that early in life, he was in the journey. German army. He fought in World War II. I think he was a U-boat captain. And, you know, they were just mm. nefarious, a lot of what they did. He supported Hitler early on. He just thought Germany was getting a bad deal by the world. And they probably were getting a bad deal by the world if you look at history that led to the rise of the Nazi regime in a lot of ways. But it was through... Uh, the realization that, man, I'm on the wrong side of this. I'm on the wrong team. And this guy that I thought was going to help us is a maniac that he became, I think, a hero of the faith, the confessing church. Yep. You know, Brian, I mean, yep. that's a uh, power. Sure. And it would be Bonhoeffer, Bonhoeffer and I think Carl yeah. Bart, right? Yeah. And yeah, like, like, well, uh, Actually, not Bart, but we can okay, talk okay, about that another yeah, time. Okay, That's okay, a long yeah, story. Okay, but, yeah. but Life Together, if you never read Bonhoeffer's book, little book, Life Together, about okay. the community. the important, What he said for the confessing church and the seminary that he yeah. wanted to, 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 to do that was basically – you know, teaching these pastors that was different than the state church, which right. the state church had kind of gone over to, to right. the, the, the uh, National Socialists there. Right. And so, uh, you know, what he basically said was, uh, uh, you know, it's important for us to have this this life of, you know, confess. That's where the confessing church comes from. We yeah. confess to one another. Yeah. We support one another in prayer. Yeah. We, we, have, we do life together. You right. Know? That's great. Great That's book. Good stuff. I highly recommend this book, and I just think – uh, when you realize people are big enough to say, yeah. I thought this was the right path. I realize now it's not. I was wrong. And yeah. and the Lord's opened my eyes to this. I just, I'm, I'm in awe of people that are willing to, to come to that conclusion. Oh, I think it's book. good stuff. Absolutely. It's a good read. I read it in about two days, and I'm not a quick reader. I couldn't put it down. Huh. It was really, really good stuff. So, hey, State of the Union was last night. And so President Joe Biden, actually, this is Thursday that you're listening to this, so it was Tuesday night. But in the State of the Union, this was part of the speech, um, the constitutional right affirmed in Roe versus Wade, standing precedent for half a century, is under attack as never before. If we want to go forward, not backward, we must protect access to health care, preserve a woman's right to choose. Let's continue to advance maternal health care in America. And so here's my question. Isn't that like politically incorrect on the liberal slant of things? Maternal health care? maternal health care. I mean, I, that's our word of the week, by the right. way, maternal, maternal health care. Okay. But um, I don't know. That just it really surprised me that the, the person that wrote the speech for him used that phrase 
maternal health care. I don't know. Right. It, it kind of would make the case that maybe it's a human life, that maybe that it's, she, a it's a mother. that is. I don't know. I just, it struck me. Thoughts? It does seem a little ironic, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah. Stephanie, any thoughts? Are you looking because I'm a woman? Well, no. I'm just, to <laughs> me, the whole idea is it's not a baby if you don't want it to be a baby. And maternal. Right? Maternal itself right. means right. a mothering. I mean, we now are child. using terms like birthing persons, right? Right. right. Instead and of mothers. Chest feeding. Yeah, chest feeding. Right. So I don't know. I just found it interesting. And here's my question. Is it an intentional move by this administration to maybe move a little far away from the very far left to a little more to the mainstream and how... That's the only sense you got out of the... Whole well, I didn't listen to it, okay? I, I didn't listen to it. I just, I heard yeah. the highlights, okay? But it really struck me as an interesting choice of words. Well, I agree. Let's let's advance maternal yes. health care. Yes. Let's yes. protect life. Let's right. advance it. Yeah, right. Yeah. I was going to say, it, it, one of the chapters, just since you mentioned Burgess' book, I was yeah. thinking about this. One of the yeah. chapters that he talked about was... The view that we have, and I think this is one of the values of his books, the way we view one another, and, and yeah. we have a lot of bias and misconception about the other sides. And his right. point is he actually uses abortion as, okay. as one of these things to yeah. say that we tend to view the other side in very polarized oh, ways yeah. when the picture is much more complex on, okay. on both sides of the issue, he would okay. say. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, I think I think we just, I, I think it's one of those places where we need yeah. to talk with one another. We need to be honest. We, yeah. we need to be able to we talk about. Have conversations. Conti- well, and continuing to have, um, what do I say, be a, be a, a, a faithful witness. We have right. to be willing to speak. I mean, witnessing means speaking. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. What, we just yeah. have to listen. But we understand yeah. the truth. To yeah. listen, listen, you know, to understand, you know, the, the old uh, under- first understand, you know, before you yeah. seek to be understood. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I mean, that's apologetics, right? Like mm-hmm. You have to hear absolutely the argument and then you have to speak to yeah. the argument. Yeah, well, Guys, our time is done, believe it or not. So I'm really thankful for Brian Johnson and Ryan Sarver from Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. Steph, we didn't talk much this week, which I like that. We got to hear from <laughs> the experts. <laughs> That's right. But I want to end with our good news segment. Two things that I want to talk about. The first thing is today is my sister Julie's 50th birthday. That's a big one. It's hard for me to think of my sister as 50 years old because she's always been my little sister, you know. And, uh, yeah, Julie, Julie, have a right? great yeah. day. Julie Myers, so thankful for all that she has become as a Christian woman of faith and hope she has a great 50th birthday. Second thing, we were all a part of this on Wednesday. We were blessed to be able to be a part of a Church of Christ Christian Church Ministers Lunch 38 gathered together. We heard stories of hospice ministry. We heard stories from what you guys are doing with the Bible Bistro. We heard from the Women's Care Clinic, from Mariah and Emily. It wasn't just Church of Christ. And that's true. That that is true. The Church of God came. And I love that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. John Cutshaw from uh, you probably know him from Cincinnati. He was here, and so. um, But I just thought I looked around and I just thought, how cool is it? Here's 38 kingdom leaders from all over Indiana, Illinois, gathering together, eating some good shrimp pizza. pizza. That was your vision, and that's one thing I love and appreciate about you is that you want to bring people together and unite them and celebrate the good things that are happening. Good stuff. Well, guys, thank you for being with us, Stephanie. Thanks for two years. Happy birthday to you. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Back at you. Here's to many more. Yeah, that's Right. right. You've listened to Direct Line. We'll see you next week.